Hey there, listener. Thanks for tuning in. This is the Monkey Tooth Podcast, and I am not your host today. Today we've got a special edition of the Monkey Tooth. Uh, We've got a guest host, our good buddy Shooter. I'm going to use that name because that's his uh, trail name, and that's how I met Shooter, is through uh, hiking on the PCT. That's the Pacific Crest Trail, for those of you who hate acronyms. Uh, I've known Shooter for about 15 years. He came to our wedding, uh, and he's been a good friend, and um, he loves my wife. My wife loves him. I love him, and I think he might actually love me, although he might not say it out loud and in public. I'm pretty sure he does. He had the great idea of uh, turning the microphone around. That actually doesn't make sense, but whatever. He (laughs) had the idea of flipping the script and asking us some questions. Because it was his understanding that um, any new listener uh, will not know who the hell we are and will not know, uh, you know, necessarily what this is about without knowing anything about us. So I I trust Shooter, and if he thinks it's valuable to do, uh, we're doing it. So we did it. We done done it. And he's, uh, he's our host today, your host. Uh, Shooter is just a... fascinating character who in any other uh, setting would have just I would have been thrilled to have as a guest on the show so that I could introduce him to everyone but uh, we're going to hopefully catch up with Shooter at another point in time down the road he might actually come join us somewhere on our journey so we'll do that again but today it's him asking Tiffany and I personal questions and us giving um, personal answers that being said if you are offended or bothered by salty language, uh, sexual metaphor, scatological uh, conversation. Uh, If poop bothers you, just in general, you have the wrong podcast here. You need to just find something else. But particularly this episode, as I've noticed, the more coffee I drink, the more likely I am to say fuck uh, or or any other swear word. So um, we, we do a little salty, salty talking here. So, uh, yeah, if that's a problem for you, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, grow up and uh, and maybe tune out for this one. All right, so I'm not going to do a long intro here. I just wanted to tell you that that's, that's what this episode is about. And this is in between episodes. And I absolutely have to say two more things. One, uh, if you're a Patreon supporter, thank you so much. You're making this thing uh, a lot easier for us, this crazy journey. If you're not yet a Patreon supporter for as little as $1 a month, you could change our dadgum lives and make uh, make our journey a little bit easier. Because as you know, when you travel, shit comes up that you did not expect, and you got to pay for it somehow. And if, uh, if we've got enough Patreon support, we can keep doing this thing for a good long while and making, uh, making something good, making something interesting for the world. So uh, thank you. 
That's Patreon forward slash Monkey Tooth Podcast. Uh, second thing I want to tell you is our next guest I am all kind of excited about. I, um, I am pleased to say that I'm on my way back from Los Angeles where I had the uh, privilege and pleasure of meeting an intellectual hero of mine, Dr. Christopher Ryan, who is the New York Times bestselling author of the book Sex at Dawn. Uh, he's got a very successful podcast called Tangentially Speaking. You can follow him at chrisryanphd.com. Um, really fascinating, interesting character who I was just thrilled to be able to sit down with uh, and have on our podcast. And this sweet, generous man invited me to his home. Me, a stranger from the internet, invited me to his home, cooked me dinner, and sat down and uh, interviewed me for his podcast, which was kind of mind-blowing because... I don't know. It's like if you're a television fan and next thing you know, you're on Roseanne or something. I, I don't know. Anyhow, it was very, uh, it was a great honor for me just to even meet the guy, much less be invited to be a guest on his show and having him on ours. So that's coming up next Tuesday, uh, the day that we leave for our journey, Dr. Christopher Ryan. So tune in for that one, faux show. All right. Uh, I don't think I've got anything else right now to tell you other than I hope you enjoy this episode uh, with our guest host, Shooter, and uh, Tiffany and myself. Yeah, do fun and interesting things. And in the meantime, listen to this podcast. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks for coming into our van, Shooter. <laughs> Thanks for having me in your van. It's uh, it's from one RV to a smaller RV. A series of trucks. <laughs> is our home. Uh, I'm just impressed that you went to a diesel. Thank you very much for doing that. You're um, all right, well, let's get started. <laughs> so uh, I'm Shooter. I'll be the guest host today on the Monkey Tooth Podcast. Um, I listened to several of your episodes, and I said, that's, that's great. A that's a lie. It's true. I only listen to one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for calling me out on that. <laughs> But I said, when I listened to them, I said, these are great. But for the love of God, tell us something about you. Mm. And uh, you're some of my favorite people on the planet. Thank and you. it was a great opportunity for me to come up and say goodbye uh, as you guys head off on your grand adventure. So now let's talk about your grand adventure. Sure. So I'm going to back up even further now. Tiffany. Yes. Tell me about how, like, how did you two meet? How did we meet? Yes. We met in Memphis through some friends. Andrew was living in New York at the time, came down for his 21st birthday. Thought he was really cool because he could buy me a beer at the festival. That was his first, first in. No, mm -hmm. we, and we just, um, we hung out, went to a festival, and then stared at a Grateful Dead calendar all night long. Do you remember that? I do remember that. <laughs> and then he left the next day. And I don't think we saw each other for like another six months or so. Mm -hmm. I sent you like a letter and some stuff you left behind. And then we came back to Memphis and I immediately broke up with the guy I was dating and we started dating. Not very exciting. That's not true. Do me throw in the That's exciting bits about it? <laughs> I saved her from a lion. Uh, I in Memphis. Whooped her brother and I whooped her paw. No, uh, so we met um, 
we met. It was my definitely the 21st yes, birthday. I, that was right. That was we correct. did fall in love, I think, kind of immediately. I, think I that's did. Right. I definitely did. I did. So I want to hear Tiffany tell me about the very first time she laid eyes on you. Okay. Um, we. I feel like the first time I laid eyes on you, we were um, at the space, mm-hmm. is what I remember. This little, like... It was called the space. It was a space our friends had where they hung out and played music, and it was a big room in a warehouse kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it was my first time to ever go there. I went with my friends, uh, Deborah and Chris, and they had lived with Andrew months ago or something like that. Um, and so we were all there, and Andrew walked in, and I was like, immediately fell in love because he was so cute, and he still is. Mm. Yay. That's it. So, um, I. I've, I don't know, I saw you guys, it was three and a half years ago or something, we went out to the coast, I had an ex-girlfriend with me, and we left, and we got in a fight, because of how in love the two of you are, and she was upset with me, because we weren't in love as much as you two were. Oh, dang. Are you serious? <laughs> I swear. You dodged a fucking bullet that there. That is awkward. You dodged a bullet there. Anybody would do that to wow. you. Fuck them. But, but that, that is not my point about the ex-girlfriend. Sure, sure. I think my point is, is that you two... Um, you two have to, to set the stage a little bit an energy about you two that is calm and wonderful and relaxing huh. and very connected mm-hmm. and i've always felt that way oh, we've been working on faking you. that for 18, 18 years. years yeah, yeah. impressive so we're pretty good impressive. at it apparently yeah <laughs> it worked <laughs> and for those who don't know they both have wedding ring tattoos about around their ring finger and it's yeah. like a beautiful dedication mm-hmm. yeah Thanks, sugar. Yeah, matching tattooed cock ring. Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, too far. Too far. Sorry. Too far. There's, Tiffany doesn't have a matching tattooed cock ring. I just... Thank you for that information. Yeah. Um, so you guys have now been together for 18 years. Same. Yep. But, and then married for how long? Eight. Okay. Our anniversary was the 17th. And Tiffany, where did you grow up? I grew up in Austin. I lived there till I was about 15, and then I moved to Memphis. Yeah, big difference between the two cities, but it worked out because this is where I met him. So there's at least a couple good things about Memphis. There's a lot of good things about Memphis. <laughs> I know, just kidding, but yeah. And Andrew, where did you grow up? I grew up in Memphis. Uh, actually, I was born in Memphis and then grew up in a little town called Hernando, Mississippi. It's a, a Tennessee, just like a little suburb of Memphis. Lots of uh, lots of cows, um, copperhead snakes, and uh, grass. That's about it. Trees, white people, black people, brown people. It's that kind of place. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany, what do you do? What do I do? Yeah, I am a nurse. A traveling nurse. Um. Or you well, work. sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah, I've done yeah. travel nursing, but this last few years, I was not a travel nurse. So You started yeah. here as a traveler. I did. We came here on a travel assignment, and then I went staff at the hospital. I just left. I was there for about three years, mm-hmm. I believe. So let's back up. You guys started dating back in Memphis, right? Yes. And it's been 18 years since. Give me the short version of what's happened in that 18 years. Well, I'll, I'll back up just a little bit because we met when I was living in New York, came down for a visit, yeah. uh, and I left my camera and all the film here. It was an actual film camera. On purpose. Yeah. And uh, when I got back to New York, I immediately got a job offer 
in Portland, Oregon. And I'd never been to Portland, Oregon and moved. Uh, it was really cool to go from New York to Portland. And uh, somehow we stayed in touch. Like you found out that that's where I was and mailed me my camera and developed the film and sent me like a really sweet letter, right? Which I thought was cool. Kind of stalked him. I mean. A little bit. There was no, yeah. yeah was it really stalky? I was, I mean. It's a little hotter than I thought. <laughs> Shooter, do you mind? I'll be in the uh, it'll be incredibly shower. brief uh, no so um, so yeah so from there we kind of like stayed in touch but uh, when we got back when I got back to Memphis maybe about six months or so later um, we did we, we like kind of hooked up pretty quickly and I gotta preface it like I had not held her hand or kissed her or anything like we just had hung out yeah. like there was no romantic interface outside of like eye contact and being really high on LSD together for uh, several eons. Hence the reason we stared at a Grateful Dead poster. Yeah. Or like a calendar. It was a calendar for hours while everybody else was like dancing around the room and running around and we're just both like glued to the couch staring at this calendar. Is it supposed to be moving? Is that a feature they built into the paper? I thought it was the most amazing thing yeah. I'd seen. And, but. but from there, we um, you know, we started dating. And then shortly after that, we moved in together. Mm-hmm. Had a little place and, uh, in this little neighborhood in Memphis. Um, and then within a, God, a couple months, she and I split up. I, we'd lived together for about a year. And within this short period of time, she and I split up. My father died. And then my house was broken into. And everything that I gave a shit about was stolen. I, I literally, I came home and it's like I'd been moved out. Um, and that weird period of time was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me in a way. I mean, I was very tragic that, you know, my dad passed and I um, was incapable of being a proper boyfriend at 22. Go figure. Uh, but being liberated involuntarily of all my shit made it possible for me to go do the Pacific Crest Trail which is how you and I fell in love. Um, <laughs> shooter. Uh, yes, tapeworm. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to do some kind of really good intro for you. I'm going to have to write that out. But uh, so, yeah, that was a life-changing thing. Just that, those three things happening in a row. And uh, while I was gone, Tiffany enrolled herself in mm-hmm. school and went back to nursing school. Or went to nursing school. Yep. We're both out there changing our dadgum lives and then came back together in Memphis and uh, proceeded to date and break up repeatedly for (laughs) maybe five years or so uh, just to make sure that we had a good mix of love and hate for one another, which I think is a recipe for success in a relationship. You don't (laughs) know how to despise the other person, but come back and love them again. I'm going to say I don't think I ever hated you. Let's change the subject to... uh, (laughs) more chronology <laughs> no uh yeah that wasn't exactly hate but no no hate uh, there there's definitely a passion yes just heartache <laughs> caused just heartbreak no man-made hate. literally man-made heartbreak <laughs> um and then but we it's all good now yeah yeah ish it, it we, all worked out we haven't broken up in a long time <laughs> no eight years we've not broken up it's, it's a impressive. record yeah it's a record i mean it's, it's legal that's uh you have to i yeah. could break up with her right now but i shan't i mustn't and you could easily break up with me. You're not gonna, are you? Never. Oh. Oh. Dad, 
stuck with me. So yeah, then um, we uh, we ended up traveling around together since 2009. We got married in 2010 and have lived in New Orleans. We took a long distance cycling trip together across the states and then uh, ended up out here. So that's kind of the brief abridged version. Right, because the the long version, we'd be here for like nine hours. Yeah, and you'd get really horny halfway through. (laughs) Uh, You two would. You would, and and the listeners. This is inappropriate. Oh, well. How dare you? As well, yeah, really, really. And my mom listens to this, and we can't have that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want your older brother listening to me. Aroused. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Um, So... I think uh, one of the things, Andrew, that I find, um, gosh darn interesting, and that's a horrible word, but I'm 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 out of words. I'm out of words, so I'm going with interesting, (laughs) is authentic, let's go with, Mm -hmm. right? Is that I think think of you as a traveler, and I don't think about you as just uh, a traveler of places, Mm -hmm. but a traveler of people. And what I mean by that is I feel like You've lived many different lives in a relatively short lifetime. So, and one of my favorite things is to ask you what you do. Mm. Because it's not about now. It's about what What you've done. Have you done? Because I'm almost never doing anything at the moment. (laughs) But I have done, bracketed by, quote unquote, interesting jobs. Um, So I've had nearly 40 occupations. Starting at a catfish restaurant. In Hernando, Mississippi, um, I worked in money management. As I, I, I want to hear number two before we go oh, to money management. Well, Graceland. Thank you. I worked at Elvis Presley's Graceland. Um, that was a fantastic gig. That I think my mom. My mom is a traveler. Like she is definitely. She'll talk to anyone, and makes people feel. Uh, she works in hospice and palliative care, and like takes care of the dying, and is like called at like in a vocational way to love people to death you know like give them a sense of dignity and honor in their end times but between birth and death she's really sweet to people and is engaging people that are not dying so that was an inspiration to me i guess to, to your point of being a traveler of hearts and minds and people but when i worked at graceland i mean it's people from all over the world and a pretty specific subset of people, the kind of people who would want to come visit Graceland on purpose, uh, it attracts a, a oddball sort. And I met a lot of those people, and it was, it made me want to travel. I wanted to see where they were from. Um, so yeah, I did that. I did uh, photography in high school. I got to travel a lot with that job, um, where my friends would be going to a bonfire, or going to a party, and be like, I'm gonna hop in the car and drive to New Orleans or Dallas or Atlanta and photograph a marathon or a cheerleading competition or a wedding um or a fraternity party or fraternity i was a i was a i was the cameraman at like frat party so by the time i got into college i was not interested in being in a fraternity because i just i'd been around it for three and a half years so you were like 16 years old going to frat parties yes it was bananas as a photographer as a photographer i got some crazy stories from that shit but um yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, so I did that. I, I was a rickshaw, bicycle rickshaw driver for a while there uh, in Memphis. Then I moved to New York. I was a money man, or a, worked in money management for a hot second. I was a bicycle delivery guy. 
Just to be clear, you ran Capital One for I a little while. I ran Capital One. I was the CEO of Capital One, <laughs> and they paid me in peanuts. Now, I, I worked for my brother-in-law. He had a uh, this money management thing in the uh, Empire State Building overlooking the South Towers. I mean, it was beautiful. He had this gorgeous view. It was 57th floor, I think. And, um, yeah, I was just a lackey, you know. Sure. But I, it was, you know, the Internet was still relatively new to me, and I was, like, looking for jobs and apartments the whole time and answering the phone right when the dot-coms were taking a shit the first time. Like, everything had just tanked. So people would call up, and they were pissed. And I was the perfect guy for that because I'm just upbeat, chipper young dude. MCOM management, thanks for calling. This is Andrew. How can I help you? You motherfucker, put Michael on the phone. God damn, you know, like this, this mad... I lost 40 grand this morning. Yeah, it was wild. And it, so, well, golly gee. Yeah, that sounds horrible. Listen, if Michael were here right now, I would make him take the phone. He's not here. I don't know what to tell you. Michael's standing in front of me like, I'm not here. I'm Smoking not here. a Cuban yeah, and holding please. a $40 glass yeah, of Please scotch. do not give him the phone. Uh, so anyway, so there was that, and I worked for... Uh, an organic food home delivery service, blah, blah, blah. Skip forward a bunch of years. I ended up starting a um, a business called Deep Fried Rides, where I was outfitting diesel engines to run on waste cooking oil. Um, and that was where? That was in Memphis. So, and, uh, so in the South. And how many years ago was this? this God, 15, 2004. Yeah. So 2004. It was in nursing school. So. Yeah. So Before that, actually. It's right after the trail. I got back from the trail and was kind of wandering. I sold used cars with a friend, uh, which was bananas. Uh, but I learned some pretty valuable shit about how to deal with, you know, mechanics and, and, and some sort of business insights that I didn't have before and, and leveraged that to, to start um, Deep Fried Rides. So 2004 in the South. In the South. And you're getting into, like, the green economy. Yeah, renewable energy. Yeah. The whole idea was to do something that, wasn't being done and had a social good aspect. You know, it was right. something that was. And, and how, how does the South handle that? Not not bad. Uh, um, you know, a lot of my customers came from elsewhere. I had very few local customers. Mm-hmm. People would so part of what we would do. Um, I didn't manufacture the kits that we would put in the vehicles. I bought them from a company in uh, in Massachusetts called Grease Car. So a person would buy the kit and have me install it. But part of the deal was you'd come stay in Memphis for the weekend. And at the end of it, we would cook you a catfish dinner in the shop, and strain the oil off of the meal, and pour it directly into your, into your tank. We'd filter it right there. It was fucking hilarious. Um, most people did not take us up on that. You know, they just how many, like, how just many of those get, meals did you cook? Like three tops. Um, uh, oddly, the guy that ended up being the chef for our wedding, which you were there, mm-hmm. and that amazing food. He was one of my customers. He was from New Orleans, a Twice. chef in New Orleans. Yeah. Twice. He came down and he cooked for us the whole time. He had food, like it was like a crawfish boil while I was installing. He was the only customer I ever let hang out in the shop. He was there the whole time. It was great. But anyway, so there was that. And then I started a uh, renewable um, fuel, renewable energy education outreach nonprofit uh, through the Department of Energy. It's called the West Tennessee Clean Cities Coalition. Did that for a couple of years. I worked for a and did you firm. own a pair of slacks during that time? I wore mm-hmm. suits yes, all the time. Amazing. I had long hair and a suit. Tie. Like, uh, yeah, it was bananas. I, I have a good memory of you calling me and and telling me stories about walking into like a boardroom. Yeah. And these guys having the response of, "Here comes a long hair." I've had. I had some. I definitely had some unusual interactions with people that I would 
normally have not been exposed to, and it certainly would not have been exposed to me, like uh, senators and state reps and people that, you know, were otherwise talking to lobbyists and, you know, people who ran legit organizations. And then here comes my little nonprofit ass, you know, like talking about uh, renewable fuel standards and ed- education and outreach. But at any rate, uh, at, at that point, Tiffany and I were split up. Uh, we, she moved out and um, I realized I was too wound up in myself and in my work and not being a good partner to the most amazing person I knew. Um, and it took, it was a real soul searching hot minute. So he just dumped me. Dumped her. <laughs> Fucking go. Gone. Get. No. Um, Get. And did some soul searching and quit all that. Sold my business. Got out of it entirely. Uh, and moved to Austin, Texas, where I thought she was going to be taking a travel assignment. She took a travel assignment in New Orleans. I was in Austin yep. for about 12 minutes. I begged her to take me back. Crying the whole time. Crying like a bitch. Um, and she took me back. And it's been... That's where you first proposed to me. Yeah. In Austin. Yeah. It, I, I had to ask multiple times. Okay, but there's also a story. It, there was a time that you lived in the Bay Area, right? Or in Santa Cruz? Uh, Sunnyvale. Sunnyvale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did a, a travel assignment at Stanford, and they put me in Sunnyvale. Um, so I was there for like three months. Yeah. Yeah. But and, I, I remember listening to a story about you coming and visiting her, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did not come visit you. Whatever. That's fine. Whatever. Fuck you for everything. No, uh, uh, it's not what I brought it up for. <laughs> this is, this is a, even though we were both raised Catholic. Back, back we're, to me. We're going yeah. guilt-free zone. Okay. Okay. Coming back to Tiffany. So tell me about that time that it, when he came out. Well, I was still pretty like mad. I was mad at him for a while mm-hmm. when he, the the last time he broke up with me. Um, I wasn't really too much hurt. I was just mad, and he really wanted to come out and see me um, for my birthday, and I didn't want him to. Um, and you know, he kept asking and asking and asking and up. And finally, I was just like, whatever. It sounds a little desperate. Can we just dial back the desperate on me? I was just really, really upset. I remember just being upset. And no, I didn't want sure. you to come out because it was like, he's going to come out here. And I'm going to see him. And I'm just going to, you know, like love him all over again. And I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to, like, expose myself again to you because, you know. Yeah. I, it, I don't blame you. It hurt. And I was mad. And so. But he ended up coming anyways, and we had a good time, you know. Thank you for that. We did have a good time. I had a, um, you know, I knew, because prior to that, he came out to see me when I was in Tucson, and I was like, you know, I had all these hopes. Oh, wait, you know, he's coming to see me. He wants to, like, get back together with me, and he didn't. And so, like, when he left, (laughs) that really hurt. And so, but when you came out to visit me when I was in Sunnyvale, like, I had already prepared myself for that not happening. So I didn't set myself up to, like, get even more hurt. And we had a good time. We went down to um, Carmel. Mm-hmm. So we had Sam. The dog. So mm-hmm. Sam came with us, and, like, she went into the coach store with me, and I got her coach collar, and we went to <laughs> walk on the beach in Carmel, and she fit right in. Um, but that was fun, taking her everywhere with us. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, and then I think after that... That's when I took the assignment in New Orleans, mm-hmm. a few months later. Um, and then eventually, I did six months in New Orleans. And towards the end, that's when we got back together for good, was when I was still in New Orleans on my travel assignment there. 
And then we did a travel assignment in Seattle and Portland together. And then moved to New Orleans after that. So religious people, you know, do things like thank Jesus for certain things in their life. Sure. Do you guys thank LSD for the fact that the two of you love each other so much? And penis. <laughs> now we, um, what, who are, what are you thankful for? And that, what, what do you attribute us being uh, resilient and stuck together? What's, what is it? Um, resilient and stuck. Could you be more romantic? Is yeah. that I would, possible? I would just say, like, I'm sure you probably don't like this word, but I would say faith. Faith in what? You know, just. I don't dislike the word faith. I don't know. Like, I just feel like, you know, we obviously had some, or I did, even though, like, you know, Sometimes it was hurtful. Sometimes I was angry. But, you know, I, the love, maybe it's love. The love was there always, and it was stronger than anything else. And maybe I just kept faith in that, you know? Hmm. I don't know. I just needed you. I was desperate. I'm a vacuous, empty, selfish son of a bitch, and you're the very glowing thing that tethers me to uh, something other than myself. That's um, not true. In constant despair. And despair, yeah. The pointlessness of the universe is um, mildly abated by your presence. That's deep, babe. And then we were married in a joyous gathering. Here we are. It was a joyous gathering. It was the best was... wedding of 2010. It was hip. That was a fun time. I've been to a lot of weddings. That was a great I used to be a wedding photographer, and I've been to some hip weddings. I think ours was the best. And you being a guest definitely affected that. Why, thank you. It's very my, nice that you were there. It yeah. was a wonderful time. Uh, my liver is probably still recovering. <laughs> you but. unashamedly hit on every female relative and guest <sighs> How there. How dare you? That was so fun. It made it, it wasn't like, okay, this isn't like me too hitting on. It was like just fun, having a good time. Everybody's laughing, hitting on. You're not like some raging I, pervert, monkey tooth listeners. I, I think I inappropriately, no, I don't think it was inappropriate with anyone. No. Um, I mean, my favorite line of yours was like, so how long have you been Tiffany's sister? <laughs> that was hilarious. Yes. Uh, that, that's a favorite line ever. Yeah. Not just of that day. Yeah. Of all, of all Sorry. shooter time. <laughs> You're like, this is not about me, guys. This is about you. Again. Again. Let's tell uh, stories about your human existence. <laughs> all right. So, uh, Tiffany, tell me, like, I would love to know... Uh, we all make choices in our lives, and we all make choices for certain reasons, right? Mm -hmm. um, what draw you, drew you to nursing? Um, I think it was the um, the ability to like care for someone. I like the caring aspect of it. Of like that's what you do as a job. You every decision, every action you make in a day, you're providing care for someone. And I liked that the most. Um, getting paid for that was pretty nice. You know, I can make a living caring for other people. I like that part. Um, and travel nursing. Right. I uh, got into it because I knew about that. Well, I got into it for a number of reasons, but that was one of them. Because I knew you could travel as a nurse and do that. So I really wanted to do that. And, and where do you think that, like, desire to care for people came from, right? Because there's, there's something that motivates you in that direction or makes you... I have no idea. God? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, that's a good question. I've never really asked myself that question. Like, was, was, there, was, there, was there a healthcare provider in your family? Or... No, nobody. I'm, like, the first one, I think. Yeah. Um, 
My, I would have to say my mother, actually. She's the one that I never, ever thought about nursing, ever, until like she and I were talking and I was trying to figure out what the hell I was going to do with my life because I was like working at FedEx at night in a salon during the day and it was like early 20s and I was like, I got to figure out something else. And she and I were talking. She's like, well, what about nursing? And I was like, I never thought about nursing. That sounds perfect. You know, and that's basically how it happened. And then she, because I was, you know, pretty lame at the time. She basically did everything for me. Did research on schools, apply, like, told me what I needed to do to apply, like, totally made it happen for me. So I'm forever thankful for that, for sure. And then meeting him and his mom being a nurse, you know was really a really like she's definitely a mentor of mine for sure you know and she comes from a line of nurse like her mom was a nurse it's like a yeah so yeah that's how I got into it so 13 years ago I think I've been a nurse 13 years that's cool it's 2004 whatever that maps is and you still love it yeah absolutely I do so last night you had your going away party. I did. One of two. <laughs> Oof, wow. Yeah. I wish I was a quarter as likable as her. No. Oh, I'm sorry, a tenth. Right, yeah. There's plenty of people that don't like me. Even those but. people were there. Mm-hmm. Um, and see, so, so I, I will bury the lead by saying that we're going to talk about that in a little while, but okay. what are you going to miss about nursing? Um, you you kind of had to dis- you're gonna have to disconnect yourself over yeah, the next couple weeks. Well, yeah, obviously the money, <laughs> but I would say it's a very American answer of you. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, I would just say like just p- the patient interaction, you know, like talking to the people, you know, um, just the patient interaction part of it the most, and my coworkers. But I would say mainly the patients. I really enjoy like, you know, the last three years I was doing, um, working in a procedural area. So I didn't really do much, you know, like actual patient care. We had anesthesiologists that mainly managed all that, but I got to spend a few moments with them before their procedure and talk to them about the procedure. And then of course, you know, I'm very nosy, so I like to know things about them. So I would look at where they were from and, you know, ask them questions about where they were from and what they do and blah, 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 you know, so. I liked that part, like finding out about people's lives. I, you know, met some really interesting people, um, and it was just really cool to get a little snippet of each person's life and what they do, and where they're coming from. I like that part. So, I'll miss that, but we'll meet people along the way. I can still do that. So now I'll unbury- I'm good at asking a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll unbury the lead now. You guys are. Um, are are doing what soon? Do you want to take this one? No, you go ahead. Sorry, let me ask. Let me ask the correct the question correctly. Tiffany, no. What are you about yeah, to go, go do? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, we are um going to drive through North, Central, and South America, and our Sprinter camper van that we converted ourselves, and live in it, and drive all over the place. So. Huh? With our dog. Oh, with our dog. Excuse me. <laughs> so now, now I'm going to back up a little bit. And I want to understand Sorry, a little bit about how you guys have gotten ready for this. So mm. uh, I, I will fill in some blanks. You guys 
rode your bikes across the U.S., mm-hmm. right, kind of to move to the West Coast. Looking for a new address. Right. Could have been anywhere. Yeah, we weren't necessarily looking West Coast, but um, we definitely kind of wanted out of the South for a little while, or I did at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, that kind of the West Coast was obviously an option, but one of the many purposes I felt of the bike trip was, like, finding, you know, places we hit along the way you know potentially these could be places we could move to and writing them down right. yeah we didn't i mean <laughs> Which we, we did stay like in the southern places. tier so <laughs> yeah you know, moving out of the southeast by heading west along the southern tier yeah, of the country that's but, yeah true. no we, that's a good point yeah it was a little specific i guess Whatever. I'm yeah sorry nerdy insert there so you guys moved here we did move here um, so we're in the we're the we're in the North Bay, of the San Francisco Bay area. We moved right to now. Petaluma first. So we did right. some. Once we decided we would move out here, I have had wanted to um, shake it up. I've had houses, I've had apartments, always liked the idea, um, and I've I've had vans in the past. I've had vehicle based living, uh, just for adventures, you know, um, in the past. But. Uh, you know, looked into the idea of the tiny house, looked into all the different sorts of things like converting a bus. Um, uh, we we knew to move out to this area, um, it's very expensive to rent anything, prohibitively and ex- expensive to buy anything at our income level. But we knew, um, or at least we hoped, that uh, we could rent land for cheap. Well, let me back up. It's at any income level in this area. It's not yeah, the true, to... true. It's not easy to own shit yeah. out here unless you're just making a ton of dough, which we were obviously not. Um, but we knew out here we would earn a lot more than we would back home doing any jobs um, that we're qualified to do. So we uh, we bought an RV in uh, in New Orleans from a man. He was a retired sheriff's deputy named Ronald McDonald. Um, and he was no longer using his RV. We bought it from him and uh, converted it to our own. It basically was like an RV version of every house or apartment we'd ever lived in. We made it look exactly like <laughs> same much. paint schemes and everything yeah. would. Uh, so it would feel homey and not like we were living in some horrible uh, page out of a shit catalog in you know the 1990s. I feel like um, I'm hitting like a chic hipster like hippie loft every time I yeah. enter your RV. Really? And, that, and that's pretty hard to do for like... That's the website where we got all the design, the chic hippie <laughs> hipster loft dot com. If you want to go check that out, we're not getting sponsored by them. I just like to mention them every time I can. Chic hippie hipster loft dot com. Well, thank you. Thanks, man. Of sort of. I know. It's it's a <laughs> backwards kind of, yeah, yeah, exactly. A little slap on the oh, taint. Finally, compliment. you did a full circle. Thank you. Is that a slap on the taint? <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah, well, don't knock it till you try it. Uh, so anyway, we we moved out here in our um, in our RV and um, found land in multiple locations to rent, uh, and and have saved a tremendous amount on rent. And that was most, always the intention. Right? Always that the intention. Wasn't the goal, yeah. And the intention was to save money to do another adventure. And our initially we were thinking about riding our bikes from. Uh, uh, Alaska to Tierra del Fuego, riding our bicycles. But we, um, but we, you sort of find when you're on a trip like that, you know, you've got X amount of time to see Y amount of stuff. And if there's something, you know, if you're heading from north to south and there's something 40 miles to your east or west that you'd like to see, it's like, 
That's a whole day. I'm going to have to give that shit a pass. Know? We'll just we'll catch it the next time. Whereas yeah. in this sort of setup, if you have your bicycles with you, you can park 40 miles away and ride your bike and see that thing and then you know ride back. Or just drive. Or just drive to it and ride your bikes around it. Whatever. Right, right. It, it just offers you a bit more freedom and you can cover a great deal more ground in a in the same amount of time, you know. Right. Which seems so, pretty obvious, but Right. Yeah, so so let's back up out. just a tiny bit. Okay. So you just said so so you guys moved in the RV and mm-hmm. you lived there for how, for how long have you been in the, here in the RV? Three, three and a half years. Yeah, yeah, three years. Right. So three years of savings basically saving off the Silicon Valley money. Mm-hmm. You guys bought a RV for less than 20 grand, yes. put some effort into it and mm-hmm. just have lived comfortably in a chic hipster. Hippie loft. Hippie loft we, another thing we both really sort of have set out to do, not necessarily intentionally. I, I came out to go to massage school and she really, um, she didn't mention this in her description of her career, but she went from being an ICU nurse, which is no joke. That's a difficult thing to do. And went to a procedural area where she's doing the, uh, it's called the EP lab, mm-hmm. if you want to tell about it, but like doing the uh, <laughs> devices and sort of electrical, physiological bits of the heart. That's her thing. And it's um, incredible and a very different challenge. So she challenged herself to learn a whole new skill set within her skill set. That is true. And I wanted it at you least. You put it pretty well. Did that, did that cover it? Yeah, we did a good job. Thanks. I wanted to, um, I wanted to do something different. Um, and I'd never done anything nice for people. All the jobs that I've had have just been like some brand of consumerism, you know, whereas this, uh, this is something else, you know, where I'm actually, uh, just listening to people and trying to help them with pain. And it's a, it's a different thing. And I really, really, really like it. Um, and I learned a lot of anatomy, things I never Mm -hmm. really knew that I would have an aptitude for and um i don't know so yeah in the midst of this journey we did some other stuff so we could learn some new skills that we could travel with you know she's i mean her the added value to her is immense that she can work in these two different departments and and for me um you know it gives me an opportunity to uh trade uh and live even more of that hippie loft lifestyle it's like basically distilling the hippie loftness of a vehicle and pouring it into a human being, and now I can talk about um, energy, man. Your energy, <laughs> intuitive. Think, yeah, I'm going to be an intuitive healer and listen to you and really help you with your problems. But I envision like something like we go to say Guatemala, and there's a resort or something, and they're needing a massage therapist, and we could just stop for a little bit. Yeah, they and need I could someone on the beach to make sure that yeah. not all the sun hits the sand. That would be Tiffany. Yeah, and then uh, I would go in and uh, massage wealthy people. Perfect. So I'm just gonna say this is like a greedy comment, okay. real quick. I'm a little afraid uh-huh. that, that you're gonna start on this journey, and it's gonna take 25 years instead yeah. of instead of two. Yeah, and I'm never gonna see you guys again. No, and it's gonna be expensive to come visit. Well, don't. <laughs> That's my greedy comment. <laughs> That's your greedy comment. <laughs> that is. You know, that is very, it could happen, but uh, anything can happen. Like, I feel like we're just kind of totally open. There's no, like... It's been happening, though. There's no, like, ending, like, this is... Right. Our trip is going to end this way, you know? You know, like a lot of trips you take, it's like, we're going to make it here, and we're going to do this, and then we're going to come home. It's like, we don't... I don't really feel like we have that, No. you know? The working... So, 25 years later, could possibly happen. We could be anywhere. I I don't know. The working... Is the adventure like even like being out here and having jobs and oh so and so did this at work and this and that and this all those types of things they're part of 
the adventure, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you our little bit of our philosophy. I think I say it here, but like, I, I don't have a lot of healthy and or living male relatives, um, that are older, you know, uh, we tend to croak early. So genetically I'm a little fucked. Um, and I, we've both, I mean, she sees it all the time. Death is just kind of, you don't know when it's coming. You don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I like the idea of retiring early and often. The idea of having a retirement that I will work very hard for and one day maybe get, um, it, it just doesn't seem right to me. Uh, we don't have any children. We're perfectly okay with being selfish, which is a blend of selflessness and selfishness. Hmm. We're very kind to people. We want to love everyone and listen and be helpful, but we want to do it on our own way. Like. To me, working a job every day in the same job for a very long time, I would kind of rather just be dead, and then 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 know that that was my real life. So, in the, in in uh, in lieu of just being dead, we're doing this. So, I hope that answers your question. In lieu of just being dead, <laughs> it was either death or this crazy adventure. Right. I couldn't decide. Okay, so a year ago, uh, almost exactly a year ago, a uh, few days after my birthday. I went into a weird heart rhythm and had to be electroshocked back into normal heart rhythm. And I was laying on the in the emergency room bed with Tiffany there and her coworkers and they were, you know, like they're concerned because that's what they do for a living. They deal with that very thing going on in my heart. And it just like it brought up visions of my dad sitting in the ICU with a, with a trach and like out of it, you know. Um it 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 brought up weird shit for me that I'd not directly felt, you know. Uh, and I told her, I was like, listen, I need you to wrap my thighs in raw bacon and push me into the woods so that I can be devoured by a bear or just drop me in the ocean so I can sink. I do not want to die in a hospital bed. Like we got to get the fuck out of here. 10 days later, we bought this thing. Um, not joking. Like it is almost exactly a year since we bought this thing that will be taken off. And so what you say, this thing, we're sitting in a beautiful... 170 inch wheelbase <laughs> red as hell red red as fuck sprinter van see that is uh, has been gloriously renovated thank you, thank you. Um, diligently mechanically gone through see piece by piece see. and hell we even have a microphone set up yeah for for podcasts indeed and i'm i'm looking at uh, beautifully recessed lighting and there are what three solar panels on top. Yes, I'm sitting on a giant battery that's giving me butt cancer. I'm sure <laughs> it might be canceling the butt cancer you already have. Oh, Ooh. thank you. It's You're double, welcome. It's like a double negative. You know, that's how cancer. Back works. to that healing. Don't thing. send me a bill. <laughs> yeah. There'll be a guy named Bill <laughs> to check you uh, inappropriate. for butt cancer. Okay, <laughs> with his penis. <laughs> so I, I feel like. <laughs> I feel like you've, you know, kind of being, you know, in your RV earlier this morning, and now we're in the Sprinter van. Series it's, of trucks. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's a little bit like, you know, you guys uh, decided to go from the from Brooklyn, where you had this really nice, beautiful loft, and you're like, well, I just have to work closer to work. Mm-hmm. And so now we've downsized yeah. to, like, a Manhattan loft, where we're just down a few, a few sizes. Yeah. But this is what... Uh, a third of what you guys were living in before, maybe a half. Yeah, no, of I, living space, it might be about a third. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. definitely not at half. This is way less. It's only ten feet shorter than our, our RV. 
but the that RV spreads out. It's got slide outs, and there's you know a lot more living space. You know, right. this is all condensed. I mean, we don't keep our bicycles inside our house, but we have our bicycles in here. You know, <laughs> right. it's uh, yeah, it's a third. I never thought, I honestly, that Tiffany would agree to living in the RV. I never thought she would agree to riding her, her bicycle across the country. Uh, I certainly never thought this was possible, but here we are. So I've quit thinking, and I'm just doing. There you go. It's pure impulse. I just do whatever you tell me to do. I'm going to need you to leave the van again. Shoot her. <laughs> <laughs> this will be all so brief. No, I'm looking forward to it. It's... Um, going to be a huge adjustment, I think. I mean, you wouldn't think just moving from an RV to a van would be that big of a deal, but I would say I am fairly comfortable in the RV, you know? It's it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. And in this van, I mean, it's not uncomfortable. It's just, um, you know, it's limited. Right. Um, We're sitting on a toilet right now. Yeah. The toilet is really directly right. underneath. That kind of thing. But, um... A couple of poops together. I think it'll be a lot of fun, for sure. So take me back to when you guys first moved into the RV, right? You said you said you're fairly comfortable now. Were you comfortable in the beginning? Um, he was definitely yeah. Like he freaking was way more excited about it than I was initially because I didn't I couldn't see the vision yet. I didn't have the vision. Like I just saw this RV and I was like, oh, it's cool to drive around. But then I was like. But to live in it, I'm not sure about that. And it wasn't like, um, it was kind of ugly. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm very vain. And I'm like, uh huh. But you're not, um, vain. you're not vain. But you know, it had a lot of closet space, so that's what sold me. Maybe you are a little vain. It was closet space. <laughs> I was like, okay, I can do this because there's plenty of closet space. <laughs> that that's pretty week. lame, but that's the way it worked. And then you know. Once we farted, farted, started remodeling. It. No, we farted, farted too. We farted that. Once remodel. we farted in it, it was you know I was comfortable. No, once we started remodeling it, um, I it didn't take long. I got very comfortable. After I wish that. all three of us could fart simultaneously right now in this thing. Like I don't a christening. I don't fart no, anymore. No, thank you. No, you can't smell on a podcast. It doesn't translate. So yeah, the um, having the the RV thing. And moving into the little space, uh, that was a challenge enough. Our yeah. our most recent place, we've been there for a little over a year. Um, one thing you don't think about in your normal life and living in an apartment or a house, the thing that was most challenging was having to deal with your poop and your pee. It's now like your responsibility to make sure that it's properly disposed of, whereas at home you just flush the toilet and you never think about it. Like uh, So for a while we had what they call full hookups. Where you could, you had power, water, and sewer. You just ran a tube outside, and you would flush the toilet like normal and shower. But every once in a while, you would take a big flush and go out and flush the tanks. So it's like your your house took a poop. You know, it's kind of cool. I like that. It's very satisfying, actually. Deeply satisfying in a strange way that yeah. like you would go drop one, and then your house would drop one. You'd drop like thirty <laughs> poops all at once. And you just stand there listening to it. Uh, yeah, just like the horrible gurgling of many meals. <laughs> Think about the money that's just literally going down the shitter. Oof. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> from having that as part of your daily thing, house you know, takes a shit. your house can literally take a shit. It changes things, you know, and mm-hmm. how you perceive your living situation. 
the past year and a half, we have lived at a place that does not have full hookups, where we are now, um, this could get weird quick, or not. Um, but yeah, we're, uh, we don't have full hookups. So the option A initially was, uh, and there's, I'll step back, there's a composting toilet on our property, which is a nice way of saying outhouse. It was there when we moved in. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was one of the amenities provided by our <laughs> landlords. And so they've which, done this before. They've had other. Yeah, they've had neighbors. other people live there. They had like a cousin staying in an airstream trailer, which was pretty nice. But um, we, uh, I used it immediately. I liked the idea of being greeted by my own steam in the morning after producing. Uh, you love talking about poop more than almost anybody. I well, know. you love judging people for talking about poop. It's true. And that's now on the permanent record. Uh, <laughs> Probably. This will be on the internet for, forever. But we... Um, Until the cloud goes poof. Poof. Somebody flushes the cloud. Uh, so uh, I was for a while hauling away in a, a little satellite uh, poop station my wife's effluvium. I didn't a, know that women... Pooped? Yeah. Shocker. Spoiler alert. Everybody poops. Uh, that's at the end of the book and the beginning. Thank but you. the um, so yeah, eventually Tiffany agreed to use the outhouse, and we have been pooping outside for a year and some change, and it makes me so proud. <laughs> I've been really proud of you twice, yesterday and at, uh, at the uh, at your party, how much everyone loved you and saying goodbye, and when you agreed to poop outside, those have been like the two greatest moments in our relationship. When I was just really appreciated what kind of human you are. That's I'm really talking, sweet. I'm looking at Tiffany right now, not Shooter. That's really sweet. You don't get all this on, on the podcast. I'm sorry for taking that shit tangent. Please continue with your line of questioning. Do you even that, remember the question you asked? Because no, I, I don't. That, I think that's a whole other podcast <laughs> called Shit so, Tangent, where you just uh, interview people about their dumps. Oh, my God. Yeah. Let's cancel this right now. <laughs> I'm going to shut down the podcast. Okay. Sorry. So, so just to talk about you two loving each other so much <laughs> one more time tiffany got up this morning while we're, we were having breakfast together mm-hmm. and tiffany got up and you turned to me and you just can't stop adoring her mm-hmm. and it was fucking adorable i don't think there's any other better way to put it mm-hmm. and i'll just leave it there Moving on. I don't. Was I there? No. Oh. You, you, you I was had like, gotten I don't up. remember this. See, he, he won't adore you to that extent to your face. Oh. Because he's not capable of feels, actually expressing love. Feels forced. To, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, so now mm-hmm. we're sitting in this beautiful Sprinter van. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about, you know, how did you decide on this, like, vehicle? Oh, yeah. Andrew said so, and it went. And so it is. And so it is. We mm-hmm. definitely kicked it around. Yeah. A lot we, of different ideas. Of course, I wanted a VW bus. You know, that was my first, oh, that's so cool. Let's get one of those. And then you start looking at them, and they're so expensive. And the ones that are reasonable require so much work, you know, like even more than what we would have had to, what we put in this, way more. I felt what we found, you know, I didn't do like years of research maybe just a month or so of looking at stuff but um 
And then I don't remember. We just were looking at things. We looked and... at the four wheel camper thing with the shell on the back of the truck. We looked oh, at yeah, uh, small right. RVs, class C, class B. Yeah. We looked at these sprinter vans. We looked at all different types of stuff for transits, pop tops versus not. Um, and we settled on this height and this length for a, we didn't want to put our bikes on the very back. It was very important that we took our bikes with us, but we didn't want to have them advertised on the back. Um, so we wanted to be able to fit the bikes inside. I didn't want to have to deal with a pop top anytime I wanted to get in the vehicle. Um, and I'm, I'm six, four, so it's, I'm not going to find something that I can just stand up in that would be in the sprinter, uh, chassis. And I didn't want to put the pop top in. So this is a good, like, uh, sort of in between I can stand, but I, I can't stand up straight. Um, and it sort of, it ticks all the boxes. It's big enough for us to fit what we need to fit in here. We can store the bikes. Uh, the solar can go up on top. Everything go, goes up on top that needs to go up there. Um, and it's a diesel, uh, which I really wanted. I wanted for the reliability, for the, you know, availability of fuel, all that sort of thing. Um, and it's something I'm familiar with. I've, I've owned a lot of diesels in the past. Um, and it's, you know, it's Mercedes, so it's, it's on a really good platform. The engine will last forever while everything else around it falls apart. But I can fix it, you know. I, I feel comf confident to be able to repair this thing if shit goes sideways, which inevitably will. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, that's how we landed on this, I think. So not to stick on the van too long, but I'm sure there are people that are excited about this nerdiness. Mm -hmm. So just for a couple minutes. Like, so how much did this thing cost, like, before you started working on it? Yeah. What, what was the mileage on it, and, and what have you done to, like, bring it up to the place where you're, like, you're confident mm. to take this thing on the adventure of a lifetime? We got it from, it was, yeah, sorry, that's, I'll just. That's a question I, for That's all you looking at me. Uh, it was, this belonged previously to BMW. Uh, it was their motorbike racing team uh, van. Isn't that weird that BMW bought? Um well, yeah, because they've—I mean—they've got like uh, basically a BMW minivan, and that's it. You know? <laughs> right. But it's just strange to me that BMW is yeah. like, I'm buying a Mercedes yeah. van. Yeah. Because yeah. we want shit that's awesome. Uh, and so it was kind of kitted out with uh, there was already a refrigerator, the, the seat spun around, there was already backup camera, and some kind of cool stuff about it. But when we got it, I knew I was going to be gutting it entirely. Um, we bought it from uh, this really kind lady named Anne. Um, and she was very upset to see it go. And she kind of cried, well, especially when she saw it. Like when we afterward, yeah. yeah, when she saw it afterwards, we showed it to her. She Which was, to me, like that, that's a the, the Their reasons for selling it were pretty legit. They weren't just like unloading a lemon, you know. They already had one. <laughs> then they didn't need two. <laughs> they didn't need two sprinters. But this, she had visions of doing this similar thing. Uh, at any rate, I'll, we got a hold of it and uh, immediately, as soon as I had time, gutted it tore everything out of it, took it down to bare metal. And we knew we wanted three windows additionally. So we cut in a big window on the side, cut two smaller windows uh, back by the bed, put in a, an enormous hole in the roof in the back, which was probably one of the most nerve wracking things, like cutting a hole in your roof of your new thing. But we bought it for 10 grand uh, and we've put about $5,000 worth of kitting out you know with solar and the wood and insulation and wiring and all that sort of stuff um we've done it all ourselves uh and then we spent um a little bit more on like 
shocks and rebuilding some of the components in the front end, putting on new tires and brakes and just getting it like mechanically sound to deal with, um, you know, the rigors that we'll be putting it through. So. Right. And how many miles did this thing have? It came with 187. And you've done, and you've only put another three or four? Probably like six or seven oh, thousand. Because okay. yeah. it's my daily driver. I drive this everywhere. Uh, I wanted to be real confident in driving it. Um, it's, it's not the easiest thing to park when you first drive it, you know. But now I feel confident to put it just about anywhere that, that I know it'll fit. You know? And so, you know, there's now wood insulation here. There's beautiful recessed lighting. There's a uh, nice, what, what are these called? Again, fantastic. Fantastic vent, yeah, yeah, a mechanical vent. And then there's a passive vent out there on the back that, that we can actually get out of uh, in the event of some weird thing and you can like a zombie apocalypse or yeah yeah whatever is bear when the bear has finally made its way inside we can climb onto the top of the vehicle and scream for help tickle it while it tries to get <laughs> yeah. right. i can i can get a good view of tiffany mauling the bear from the <laughs> roof perfect um but yeah so you know all around it took us about you know i was working on it in between days off and after and after work and sometimes before work um, and Tiff was helping me on the weekends and sometimes after work. It took us about six months to get it all where we could actually take it on a road trip. You know, like we took it to Joshua Tree on our first, like around Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, we started really working on it in earnest in like June or July or something like that. Something like that, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's our. I don't know if that answers. Yeah, that, that does. Covers it, yeah. um, it's beautiful. Thanks, it really man. is. Yeah. I, I saw it. I saw it. I don't know six months ago for the first time and it was it was close but it was not final yeah. and and this is final yeah it's this beautiful. is pretty much pretty much final. i mean there's always something else to do yes yeah. yeah. the reason we put so much um like we could have gone really minimalist for sure it would have been a lot cheaper and a lot easier but um like when you're on your bikes doing a journey like that or you're hiking and you're on that type of journey Feeling comfortable and at home is not an option. You're just getting it where you can get it, you know. But in this sort of thing, like, it really is. It's your home on wheels, you know. So it to have that comfort and have something that you're going to get in every day and go to bed and wake up and have breakfast and poop and wash yourself, like, having something that's comfortable and that feels good um, energetically <laughs> is important, you know. So we put the time in and, and, and made it feel good, you know. And feel, I mean, it kind of looks like our house, you know? So, yeah. Right. I mean, it, it. you aren't going on a bike ride or a hike or a RV, like, you're driving your house. Yeah. Right? And I think that's, a, that's something that would allow you, maybe, obviously, you're not going to have this thing for 25 years. Right. But it could allow your trip to be five years, not... Two years. It could. I mean, the, the yeah, that's that's asking a lot. Yeah. But the the trip, like I said, the trip is kind of ongoing. You know, it's all it's independent of the individual adventure. You know what I mean? Like that. Say that our task is to drive Alaska to Tierra del Fuego. That's just like a part of the whole journey. Like that's the idea. Is that the remainder of our lives is that's the journey. That's the adventure. That's the fun thing to do. Because um, we're fortunate to have that option. Are you, know? you, are you I mean, dropping LSD right now with me? I have not taken any LSD today. Okay. I've not taken LSD in a really long time. I'm kind of afraid of it now because I'm older and 
uh, more of a coward mm-hmm. than I used to be. But um, no, I've not taken nails down. I just sound like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's very exciting. Like I think, um, you know, living my current life, which is a very Silicon Valley esque existence. It's, I, I think that there are a lot of people that are afraid to do what you're going to do, or they think that life, right, is not, their lives aren't allowed to do this, right? Earlier we talked, and, and what, the way that you and I met each other was we were hiking the Pacific Crest Trail, and, it, and that was another one of those, like, set adventures, where yeah. it's like, I'm going to go do this. Yeah. And I, I agree with you, right? Like, life is not about, life is not... Um, should not be about our job or our house or whatever else life should be an adventure all the way through. And so you're saying, I, I understand what you're saying. Where sure. It's like, you know, this adventure is one small segment, one small chapter yeah. and the adventure will continue. Indeed. Um, but also this is a very different thing than the average person does and, and yeah. would be okay with. And what do you think it is about? I think a individually, what gets you, what, what has allowed you to say yes to this? Hmm, that's a deep question. I feel like, um, I want to see as much of this world as I can. Um, I think that might be my driving force. I don't, that's kind of where I'm coming from. I think I just want to see everything as much as I can in the life that I have. And like Andrew said, we are very fortunate and that we can make that choice, you know, to stop work or whatever. It's okay. And go out and explore for months to years on end. I don't know. Um, I, I definitely, I agree with that. Like the idea of experiencing as much as possible is very important to me as well. Um, but it's but it's all kind of made up like the idea that experiencing anything outside of where you live is a concept that that that, that somehow really enriches your life we just we feel that way you know because we believe it we read all the right books and that's what i became convinced of at a young age but it it if whatever it is that you're doing so long as you're convinced that it's the right thing for you to do and you've not settled on your life like if you just want to like have a big ass tv and be able to get home and eat pasta and sit and watch television. If that it gives what really you chase after, and that gives you joy, and you feel enriched, and you feel safe and good. It's not for me to judge that. I'm not judging anybody else's experience. You know, I, I just think for me, the stories that I've been convinced of that are true uh, are adventure tales. You know, and that to me feels like the best kind of life I can live as an adventurous one. Um, and if, if, uh, I don't know if, if I were not able to take adventures or not able to do fun things and, and, and meet strange people and check out other cultures, I would hopefully adjust, you know, typically adjust. You find a way to make life work. People usually do. But for me to, to feel like I'm getting, I'm giving the most I can give and getting the most back. Um, and taking advantage of all the incredible uh, advantages we've had as being just white American kids. I mean, that's there's so much objective suffering all around the world that you're, thanks to uh, 
the news and everything else you're exposed to and you see it's heartbreaking you know and i'm not a humanitarian i don't have any kind of i don't know how to help it or what to do i don't know what to do about syria or about you know venezuela or or about parts of tennessee that are fucked you know i don't know how to help that um so i'm perfectly okay with being like i said selfish being a kind selfish person and pursuing my own <laughs> dreams and trying to help fulfill my wife's dreams and our dog's um, dream. He might literally be dreaming right now. <laughs> He's passed out. But, you know, to do all that sort of stuff with our time feels like the right move, you know, if that makes any sense. Sure. Um, and to do anything else, it, like I said, I would kind of rather not just do a job. Like if I feel like a job sucks i will not do it any longer period so while people uh, people are afraid of doing this sort of thing i think for good reason because it is scary Mm -hmm. like we're gonna it's not like i'm not afraid yeah you know yeah that was actually sure i was about to get there which was totally what scares you about this tiffany Um, tiff tiff kind of you know everything everything (laughs) you know all the unknowns like i've never done this before i'm trying you know, I'm trying to look at it as taking it, like, one day at a time, you know? Like, if I think about it, like, you know, border crossings. I've never done a border crossing. And that doesn't seem like a big deal. But, like, we're going to be doing so many border crossings. And it's like, you know, from what I've read, it can be pandemonium, you know? And then we've got this dog that we've got to, like, be able to get into each country and, like, get our stuff together to get into each country. Like, if I think about that too much... I, it'll stress me out. So I'm just like, take one day at a time and try to focus on the beauty of it mm-hmm. and instead of all the unknowns, because the unknowns are going to happen anyways, you know, and we'll just have to deal with them. Um, and we are fortunate that we do have time. You know, there's no like, we got to get here by here, right. you know, so we can, you know, take each obstacle as it comes and hopefully not stress out too much. But like, um, there's definitely, you know, fear for sure. But I live with fear on a daily basis. Like yeah. I'm a super paranoid person, you know, like living in New Orleans, I was, you know, paranoid all the time. Like always looking around, paying attention, getting in my house, locking the door. Like I never was in my house without my door locked, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, so, I mean, I live with that all the time. Yeah. But, um, but the excitement of the trip definitely outweighs the fear, you know. Um, just to be able to see all the like beauty there is out there, like the sheer beauty, you know, it's everywhere and we'll be able to experience a lot of it. You can't really experience a mountain without exposing yourself to bears, you know? And that's sort of the the thing of the whole trip. Like you are going to be exposed to wolves, bears, banditos, uh, just, just horrible people. I mean, you're just going to be exposed but to uh that'll happen in new york too bad, so. it can happen anywhere i mean that's what i'm saying like i don't mean you know that just traveling you're exposed to it you're always exposed to that yeah. sort of thing but if you really want to go out and see somewhere else you're going to be exposed to the dangers that are in that area you get used to the dangers that are in your area right like traffic shit drivers on these little roads around here heart disease heart cancer disease right. yeah butt cancer butt cancer that's there's there's so many things that are waiting to get you you know um at so, least that's what the news tells us. Yeah. yeah. It may be fake. maybe real. Well, we'll never know. But it to have the opportunity to do it, uh, everybody kind of 
Um, there's always options for just about everyone, you know. Um, and we've got a lot of options. We could just stay and work and save money, and I don't know what we do. You know, what else would we do? I don't know what how else to spend money other than have a good time with it. I don't really want anything. I don't want like a, I don't want like a super cool house or want better clothes or anything. I just I want to have a good time, eat well, and meet meet people. I guess I wouldn't mind having a house one day. Yeah, sure, one day. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't mind not living yeah. in a vehicle the rest of my life. For sure, no. I, <laughs> I, I agree with you there. I'll give you that. That's just my two cents. But like I'm saying, like in this moment, yeah. which I think is the only one. I know. I was just saying. Even off LSD, the only moment you have is this one, and everything else is either a memory or a hope. And in between, you've got you know, time to eat some sandwiches and ask some questions and have some sex and see some sights and try not to get eaten. I believe you mean make love. Ooh. I that mean, takes too long. Yeah. That's long. That's a lot of investment, sir. We got vans to build. Yeah. We got trips to so make. We got, we got to get it, get down south. You know, we can't be doing all that. So after you hit Alaska, are you going to pick up like a, like an old Astro van and redo that so you can just keep downsizing? Uh, and by like the time you get to... Dumb and dumber, like on this back of a scooter, it's not dry to your face. <laughs> Dear no fuego! Just smaller and smaller. Yeah. You're on a skateboard and a... I'm going to be roller skating with her on my back. <laughs> the dog's pulling us. <laughs> not a lot of closet space in that situation. No. I just pictured like Master Blaster from uh, Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? The little guy and the huge guy's back. Oh. oh. Forget it. Yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to shut this thing down? Are you over asking us questions? No. I'm, I'm gonna. What? what? Oh, I was gonna say I'm good. Oh. oh I gotta oh, pee. Oh, oh. You gotta pee. Just keep talking. I'm gonna go outside and pee. Okay. All right. It's our first uh, non-commercial break. Brought to you by urine. Urines. So, Tiff, Tiff. Yes. I need to know, like. Okay, so there are all the fears, yeah. right? But what are the highlights? Like, what are the places that you cannot wait to see? Because oh, there got to have to be specifics. Um, I would say, like, in order of our trip, um, Alaska is definitely a highlight. Um, Homer is a place I've always wanted to go to. Um, so definitely want to go to Homer and Denali. We're definitely going there. Um. And then, you know, all the other little areas in Alaska. Um, in South America. I've always wanted to go to South America. It's been a place. That and Nepal. Those are like my top two places in the world I would like to visit. And, you know, during the decision of what next trip we're going to take, you know, South America was picked on this trip. So, um, you know, Machu Picchu is definitely... Somewhere I have to go. And, you know, just in reading about everything, there's so much more that has opened up. Like Lake Titicaca is supposed to be absolutely gorgeous. I like to hit that. Those Izukai Falls. I'm saying that wrong. But those falls between Brazil and, is it Argentina or Uruguay? I don't know. And the Amazon. That would be spectacular to get on the Amazon. I think that would be quite amazing. 
so I'm your f- friend, and I and I have your personal friend, and I have your personal phone number. But if I if I didn't have your personal phone number, like how would I follow along on this trip? Well, we have a website. Is that on the internet? It is on the internet. You can find it by typing AOL keyword. AOL keyword. W W three times in the period. MTP.dog. It's monkeytoothpodcast.dog. And we're actually going to. I like to write. I like to write stuff. So we'll be doing some like blog type stuff and writing. on the website? On the website. On the journal tab. Yeah, you can go to journals and read those if you feel like it. Um, I'm going to be doing stuff. We've got a Patreon site as well, so people will want to support, um, which is really, really helpful. Like, it helped me. Between Patreon and GoFundMe, it bought our equipment for this podcast. Um, we did not initially decide to do a podcast. We just wanted to do this trip. And the podcast we decided to do about a month before we actually did it. <laughs> um so that really helped us get equipment and, and make it all happen, paid for the website, that sort of thing. Um, but on the Patreon page, we'll put up stuff that won't be in the normal feed. We'll put in different little podcast episodes, like uh, different, I mean, who knows? It could be encounters with people, it could be music, could be any number of things. I'll put up stuff that I'm going to write and pictures and videos and things like that on Patreon. But uh, we're going to use our website as much as possible to keep, if anybody gives a shit, that's where they'll be able to find out about it. And on Instagram and Facebook, we have a, oh, yeah. a page there, Monkey Tooth Podcast. It's on both of them. Um, same name for both Instagram and Facebook. And we'll be, um, that's mainly where I feel like I will be putting a lot pictures of the trip. We'll be using our podcast page um, instead of our own personal pages to put pictures up and updates and stuff like that. So there's a number of ways. So Instagram, Facebook, website, Patreon. See. Telephone. It really Telephone. Does, I will say that the uh, like having um, patrons, you know, like people that actually give you a dollar a month or whatever it is, it makes it where like you feel. Uh, I mean, I want to do a good job anyway. I want this to be entertaining and fun, and I, I've tended to meet weird people in my life. I just, I'm, I feel like I've told you a million stories about some weird guy, like at the grocery store or some lady or whatever. You know. I want to be able to share that with people. But having patrons, people who are like, you know what, I'm going to give you a little bit of money for this. I support that. Yeah, it makes me feel like even more compelled to like do a good job. You know, that it's not like I'm a bit, I'm more accountable to like, it's not just an imaginary audience in my head that like I'm pretending to to share shit with there's actually people out there who care enough to chip in and that you know they may or may not actually listen but they've they've chipped in so i feel compelled to do a good job and tiffany just always does a good job so it's helping me catch up to tiffany so you know this this adventure is one thing right you guys decided to do this because life is short and we're all going to die Mm -hmm. you better enjoy it while you can Mm -hmm. and then Obviously, the podcast, it sounds like finding and meeting interesting people was kind of the cue, but, like, why do the podcast? Like, what what brought you into that kind of idea and world? You. <laughs> you I, that's not why I, that's not why I brought this yourself. up. That's Look not why you. I brought this up. I know that's not why you said it, and uh, I appreciate that about you, but you did. I, I What's funny, I was on a podcast about 15 years ago or more This uh, when I had the... 
uh, deep fried rides and was doing that um, nonprofit stuff. This guy had a podcast in, in like Michigan State, so the Spartan podcast. I was like, what the fuck is this? And he asked me a bunch of questions about renewable energy, and I'd, I'd converted his vehicle to run on grease. And it was just this. It was a conversation. But he was pretty. He's a pro. He had the perfect radio voice. What are you saying, that I'm not? Well, uh, he had this perfect radio voice. <laughs> and uh, I've got the perfect face for radio. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. And he asked, you know, he, was, he had like a set series of questions. And, he, you know, it was really nice. It was polished. But uh, I didn't think about him ever, you know. I was an NPR guy if I was in the car or music, you know. Um, and you were always telling me about the podcasts you listen to. And uh, you turned me on to a bunch of different things that, um, that led me down the road of finding good podcasts. And I really like the medium. I like um, I like that Tiffany doesn't listen to them and has never listened to podcasts. Uh, so it gives me something that I can hide from her. Like I've got this wisdom all of a sudden that I can just be like, oh, did you know that the aquatic, you know, all this type of stuff that seems like I read something. I didn't read shit. And I'm just I just listen to some smart fascinated guy. Fascinated with your knowledge every day. Right. I listen to um, people, smart people answer dumb questions, which is cool. You know, um, so I am, I'm real dumb. I mean, I've got all kinds of varieties of stupid that have followed me at like a through line through my life. I'm just like older dumb uh medium dumb super dumb and that i think that makes me a really good podcaster you, you know uh, when you say something like that your wife and i look at each other like he's fucking I, right it's about time he's got we, some self-awareness we actually are both a little mad at you for speaking about yourself so negatively yes. not because you dislike yourself but because it suggests that we like you and that we're dumb for it yeah. And so you're offensive well, to us, and we're very upset with you. Well, the only thing more satisfying than uh, listening to someone who's right is ignoring someone who's wrong. Oh so <laughs> when I think about interviewing people and talking to people and meeting folks and asking the kind of questions, the kind of dumb questions that are, are in our heads, uh, and I'm going to say our heads because you got some dumb questions too. No, that's I agree. why I love you. I agree. It's it's fun. It's fun to have a context to ask someone to come into your van. Like <laughs> any other context, you should say if you're out there listening and someone asks you to come into their van, say no. Say no. Unless it's us. Unless it's us, you're just you're rolling the fucking dice. <laughs> You've taken your life in your hands, and you're going to go sit with some who knows what's going to happen to you. So uh, to provide people context to like sit down, I mean, for, for instance, our neighbor, Inga, she's an amazing woman, a sweet, kind and cool lady. And as soon as I brought up to her that we were doing this, she was for it. She wanted to be on and she knew exactly what she wanted to talk about. I couldn't wait. Like it allowed her to tell a story in a way that I think it kind of helped her process some of the information that she was dealing with. It was a pretty heavy story for her to share. Um, and without this context, I don't know that she would have necessarily shared that with us, you know. So that that's why, I guess, because it's fun and uh, it, it gives us a, a whole other reason to ask other people questions you wouldn't necessarily ask them. Well, thank you. Something th like that. <laughs> that's my baby. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm just doing it because you say that's what we're doing and that's what we're doing. Going along, romance. <laughs> and Tiff, Tiff, what have you like learned from this process so far? When you've been, when you guys have been doing these interviews, 
um, of the podcast. Yeah. Oh goodness, how I um, sound like a robot oh, God. when there's a microphone in front of me. You don't sound like a robot right now. It's so weird. It's when I never really thought about like a microphone making that big of a difference, but as soon as it's put in front of my face, I'm, I'm like. Well, it's not the microphone and, doing it. <laughs> no, it is actually. <laughs> no, I mean it's shockingly your, it's good. The point. energy of the microphone in the room. I think it's your. That's obviously your response to the microphone. I'm not um, saying that there's anything. Well, I you know of course at first I was very uncomfortable with it and I really didn't want to be involved, um, because. Um, I don't know, just like it's talking, you know, like this whole setup with it just seemed really official. But I've kind of, you know, obviously I'm getting more into it. Yeah. I mean, for the record, I wouldn't mind doing one one day. I think official with the $300 worth of audio equipment here, it's a little, That's I mean, a stretch. It, it's, I mean, we're in a van. Yeah, we are in a van. There's the only thing official is that officially we're probably not supposed to be where we are right now. <laughs> We're literally parked in front of a no trespassing sign <laughs> in front I, I, of someone's house. And I believe and somebody is growing I, pot about 25 feet from us. And we're technically not container. trespassing because yeah. we're on the other side. We're on the, the right side of the trespassing sign, but we're still trespassing adjacent. But I do look forward to like this being um, a bridge to meeting people. And, mm -hmm. you know, I like the idea, you know, because you do when you travel, you meet people. If you're anywhere for a period of time, you hang out, you hear their stories, and it's just like, oh, that's really cool. I'd love to share that with my family or my friends, you know. And you try to remember as much of the story as possible when you get back home and you forget half of it. Um, and it never sounds as good as when you heard it the first time. And so that we, if we could be, just capture some of that and share it, I mean, for ourselves as well, you know, because selfish. Um, I like it. I like the, the I. The idea behind it, um, eventually I'll understand this. The technology. <laughs> but I could probably eventually be like the microphone setup person. I don't think I'll ever do the editing part. Um, but you never know. I would just ask that that um, you, you, I think that, I don't think you understand, Tiffany, how likable you are. Mm -hmm. And that I think you just... You just have to remember, like, we're having this conversation. I've known you two for many, many years, and I love you both very much. And so I think there's a level of relaxation that the three of us can have together. Mm. And I think that may, that's probably a little different when you have a stranger mm -hmm. in here. Yeah. Right? We haven't had a stranger yet, right? Yeah, for you. Heather was a stranger. You just Yeah, but, like, a stranger... Someone that we do not know at all. Yeah. yeah. No. That's, like neither, we that's haven't coming. done that yet. It's so that, that'll definitely be interesting. Yeah. We've always, we've talked with people that we know, so there always is a level of comfort yeah. along the lines of But no one as comfortable as you. I just want you to. Yes. You, this is the most comfortable I've almost ever been in my entire life. <laughs> it's this moment. Such an ass. Right now. <laughs> such so a prick. Cute. Such uh, a prick. Even when he's a prick, you're like, you're so cute. You're so you're so attracted to him being a total dick. Do you know how it. you want to know the secret to a long and fruitful um, coupling? Please tell me it's about what you whisper in your ear. You roll over in the morning, oh my God. and you get close to your lover, and you put your lips close to her ear, and you whisper, "I hate you so much." That'll do it. If you can, if, if you can still have someone that wants to be with you after saying some shit like that into their ear, 
you know you've you've crossed it instantly turns my you've motor on popped off in the top hole and there you are <laughs> so you're welcome that was podcast land fabulous babe for that tip <laughs> um getting nowhere it's beautiful thank you for that uh love tip what are we gonna call it uh bad advice from someone who loves you independent of not knowing you um a new segment in the show so you know on this trip you guys are mostly going to be again interviewing strangers continuing with the podcast how how um are you, are you guys going to do like little mini podcasts or, or little tiny like travel journals so we know where you guys are what's going on i mean obviously there's the website but like yeah. the podcasting aspect are we going to hear any audio there there may be um we're right now the format is every other tuesday just because i like tuesdays and my birthday's on a tuesday this year right Try I'm that shaking one my on. head, disappointed in him for <laughs> Try this. Try that one on. Informa- that, that for was, knowing that. It was honestly kind of a, an accident. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we just decided every other Tuesday, honestly. We. That was the, uh, yeah. it just happened to be, like, I couldn't wait to put one out. And it was like, every other Tuesday. Dude. So, um, in between the actual, like, interview type stuff. And the format of the interviews may change. I don't know. I mean, we don't know. I've been using music I shouldn't be using. You know, I've I've not licensed anything at all. It's not legal to do, and I'm uh, I've done it entirely on accident. I continue to accidentally use this music. It's a total accident. I want to be on the record as saying I'm not doing it wittingly. It was an accident. Um, I didn't know any better. Still don't. Mm-hmm. But uh, so the format may change, and the frequency of podcasts may change. And I like the idea of doing sort of a travel log, like telling you about places that we have been, and sort of an update on the trip so far. Those yeah. might be little mini we things. We thought about doing like a, um, in between, like another bi-weekly, but on the off week, obviously, of the podcast, like putting out like a quick little, Without a guest. I don't know, 15 or so minute thing, like we are here and it's this place and giving little information about the place where we are. Or we were here so that you're yeah, not trying to murder that's us true. on the road. Yeah. So like people can learn, you know, like where, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, like do little little ads for places that we've been. Like, do you or someone you know suffer from butt cancer and need a check? There's a guy named Bill in Saskatchewan. He'll check you out. Go on down there. Stuff like that. That'll be coming out every other week, maybe in between the actual episodes with interviews. I think that would be great. I think that for both, for not only for the podcast listeners, but also for yourselves when you're done with this trip and be able to listen back, yeah. you know, 20 years from now when his penis doesn't work and Aww. you're trying to figure out why you love him. Yeah, and like, wait a minute. <laughs> let's listen to a time when I did. And then you get to listen to the <laughs> travel log. Aww. Thanks for giving me 20 years, though. You're That's welcome. Good. That's generous. Yeah. So have you thought about where the first place you're going to visit us? <laughs> Uh, it, it's it's a tough question because I, I wonder if you guys are even going to make it to Alaska because I feel like you're going to be going north in, uh, right. in the Canadian Rockies or something and all of a sudden you're going to meet some couple and they're going to be like, hey, can you run our Airbnb for us? And right. then you're going to start running some massage huh. therapy, like mm. Alcoholics Anonymous, like space. Why'd you look at Tiffany when you said so- Alcoholics Anonymous? <laughs> What is like, what is your time frame, your timeline where it's like, okay, they're really actually going to commit to this. Okay, I'll make um, plans to come see them. 
Have you thought about that? Oh, I I think it's all about what I, like what fits in and when. And like like if we were just talking about how how I will make the decision, mm-hmm. it's about when can my life fit into it, not anything oh, different than okay. that. Right? All about you. Okay. <laughs> not all about me, <laughs> but like, I would love to come see you guys in Alaska and some come check out some beautiful little place. Like oh, we're gonna be here for three more weeks. Great, I'll be up there. All I right. will say this: in the past three years, cool. we've been living uh, for the first time in our since we've known each other within less than 100 miles of you. Now, see, we've seen each other like four times or something like that. I don't know if it's been four because you also lived with that. me for about a week. I did that. And and, and I, that was the one time where I said, all right, that's a little too much hander right now. Yeah. That's because <laughs> that's he made your bed every day and you got all pissed off. That's like the longest anybody other than Tiffany has ever been able to tolerate me or me, anyone else. Like I am not easy. Not easy. That's honestly why I needed Tiffany so badly in my life because... I'm insufferable to 99.9% of the population. That's a little dramatic. All nines. Very dramatic. Whatever percentage of the population you represent is the totality of the population that can stand me for more than a week. Do that math. Moving on. (laughs) The self-loathing is so thick. My eyes glazed over for a second. You you started talking maths and I I said, what? Do I still love him in this moment? That's enough. What? So, yeah, I think you should come to Alaska for sure. Have would, you been to Alaska? I've never been to Alaska. I've never sure. been to Alaska. I've never been to Central America. I've never oh, yeah, been to South America. We had this conversation. Correct. You would go to the other side of the world. I've you been don't to Asia, visit I've been your to side of the world. I haven't. I just, I need to. Mm-hmm. It's need interesting to. your work doesn't take you any of these places. It's uh, all Europe. Hmm. It's not very interesting, but. All right. <laughs> Well, I am excited to hear about your trips, uh, your trip. I'm excited to listen to the every other. See, I'm just going to say it so you're forced to do it now, whatever it turns into. If right. it turns into every other week and it's a travel log with every other week being a podcast uh, and an interview, that sounds amazing. And I think uh, this is a great opportunity for you guys to like share a little bit of art and experience and mm-hmm. culture with the world. And so please keep it up. I'm excited for you to come visit us. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm lukewarm sure. on it, but, you know, it'd be but cool. You can really let three people in this bed. That seems unlikely. Yeah. And Pele. I'll bring a tent in the sleeping room. Yeah. <laughs> There's a floor here, but then nobody can get up to take a poo. All right. Wow. Well, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. And it was uh, a joyous occasion. See. Allowing to be, uh, allowing, being right. allowed to hang out in this van. And, being allowed. Yeah, being in the in the loft, the whole deal. So uh, thank you again, and have a wonderful, wonderful time. Thank you. Thank, thank you sure. for coming to see us. Indeed.